freaking bad. Wrestle Welcome everybody to Juice Pro Wrestling episode 107, Automatic Mojo! That's right, Automatic Mojo. Look it up. You'll be surprised. Sretton, what's going on, brother? Going on, man. Excited that I don't have to share you with anybody. I know, right? I'm getting fucking tired of that shit. Yeah. All our guests are so needy. I know. All they do is want, want, want. Want, Take, take, take. Promote, promote, promote. Yeah, promote, promote. Yeah, I got a new line (laughs) of socks. You better buy them. Right. Man, what a fucking crazy week it's been, man. You uh, celebrated a birthday. So thank you to everybody that was out there in uh, the JP Wu wishing this arrogant bastard a happy birthday yeah it was nice there could have been more of you though <laughs> yeah no, it, was, can be. it was actually it was actually really nice and i don't know how many people would actually wish me a happy birthday it wasn't for three things uh stupid facebook um my brother putting a post up and then you putting a post up like if it wasn't for the two of you guys uh i, I doubt the the 50 people that send me happy birthday wishes like everybody's like, I guess I'll uh, wish him a happy birthday. He's friends with Wallace and his brother's Boyan. Yeah, so, I got no it was choice, cool. dude. In this, <laughs> in these times, you never know how birthday is gonna go. Uh, I was grateful. It was awesome. I got to chill. I got to eat cake and ice cream. I got to sit on my deck with a fire out and uh, have a drink. It was, uh, it was cool. Go for nice. a walk, a bike ride, all that shit. It was great. So that's all you can ask for. Here's to a good rest of 2020. Uh, ah. 2020 is a shithole fucking year, let me tell you. Speaking of that, um, this is breaking news. And by the time people listen to this or watch it on YouTube, um, former WWE superstar, I don't know if you've seen this, Shad Gaspard. Yeah. Uh, he was a, he's 39 years old. He took his um, 10-year-old son out on Venice Beach to go swimming. Uh, he's a former member of WWE, like I said, uh, tag team crime time. Go figure that, you know, WWE's got a couple of black guys. What We don't know what to do with them. Let's put them in a tag team and call them crime time. Jesus! <laughs> Not the first time. Right. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, he, you know, he took his son out and uh, I did the riptides or something, and um, it, lifeguards had to step in and try to save him, and he said, no, hey, get my boy, and they got his boy, and as of right now, this recording, he's been missing. And... uh they went to get Shad's ass, and he just another another current came and fucking took them. And they've been looking, and I I read that they they had stopped, and then they had resumed again. Um, so you know they're doing everything they can. So you know, yeah, it sucks. I, I hate to say condolences or be premature about anything, but it's it's really weird to think about. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm good. not I'm not a praying man, so I can't say thoughts and prayers we'll just go with thoughts with the uh with the Why don't family you just say Seton's thoughts and prayers i, I do pray <laughs> yeah. so just yeah, do it yeah. on behalf of me that's why he prays pray. <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah yeah it's super sad let's hope there's some sort of miracle it's not looking good but fuck no i mean where do you go in the fucking ocean you know care how big and how strong they you are say, that shit yeah, takes you. they say you could be super strong but you're not as strong as like the things living down there but you're still not you, i mean those currents are so strong and you get tired really fast like unfortunately oh, yeah. you could be the strongest person in the world you get tired super fast so not even that dude i mean think of like the fucking sea life that is there that shit always freaks. that's why i don't fucking step foot in the motherfucking ocean you well know, even funny. i don't even think the fish fuck around in those parts where there's a rip currents they're like i'm gonna stay out here well, farther yeah. away where the water's cool. 
Like a little yeah. where you can get thrown <laughs> into some rocks and shit. Right. But yeah, maybe maybe there might be some good news. But what else, boy? Here's the here's the fucking hoping. Um Becky Lynch is pregnant. She announced her and Seth Rollins are pregnant. Okay. Yeah. Breaks breaks my heart. <laughs> I bet it does. Your dreams have been crashed. Yep. I thought I had a chance. <laughs> you ain't got what a the fuck <laughs> i'm yeah congrats to them i'm kind of glad it happened uh, I, I think becky's character was getting a little stale kind of ran its course you know yeah so time for someone else to fucking take over you think it ran its course or you think that it was slightly mishandled because i think that i think it's slightly line, mishandled i, I think it, i think that shit could have gone on and and been the thing she was known for forever um, yeah, I don't know her performing skills. I saw her a couple times. I thought she was good, but um, oh yeah. yeah, I thought that I thought that on the man stuff was pretty awesome. It's cool too because I mean, obviously she's going to come back once you know all this is said and done. Right, uh, it'll be enough time away that it'll be fresh again. So it's it's very much I think needed because like I I dude I was I was one of the main supporters behind that whole shtick when. She started doing that. I thought it was awesome, you know, like the lady stone cold or whatever. But uh, it just, it, it, to me, like I said, it could have been bad booking, whatever it was. It just, it got a little stale for me pretty quick. So. And everything with 2020 and and not even knowing how to do a show, it's, it's pretty tough to keep any storylines going. But with that, you know, other people have dropped off too. Yeah. Congratulations to her and that other guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah here's to you ah! here's to you whatever whatever yeah um so there's something else i'd like to uh talk about because this this week has been like a week of like documentary shit you know um documentaries beginning documentaries ending documentaries continuing uh one of those was the last dance um 10 weeks now they finally ended. Did you watch the last couple? All I watched was the first two. Oh, really? Yeah, I plan on binging them. I, I wanted to wait and then actually get the full effect and just... I mean, I, I'm sure it was cool to do the, like, the to watch it week to week, but I, I waited. I'm going to watch the whole thing at once. See, I've seen them all except for the last two, but I've caught enough of what happened um, as far as, like, clips and news tidbits here and there. Um, it was really cool. Like I've said many a times before, wrestling is everywhere. And, and they talk about wrestling. They talk about Rodman's stint uh, when he missed the finals playoff. <laughs> or was it, it was they were in the finals and he missed a practice for one of the finals games because he was <laughs> hooking up with Hollywood Hogan in the NWO and WCW. He was up in Michigan fucking on Nitro and shit. Um, I didn't remember that it was at the same time. I knew I knew he was in the NWO. I knew he had a run, but I didn't know it was during a championship run in the NBA that he was like, no, I, I'm going to be a little late to practice because I'm going to go wrestle. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. I remember him and Malone kind of going at it a little on the court, and I'm like, you know, I've seen some things with Eric Bischoff talking lately that uh, he kind of enticed that a little bit. You know, like, hey, go ahead, guys, do a little, do a little extra to hype our match. You know, <laughs> or your guys' appearances. Um, so I just thought that was really cool. It was really cool to see, you know, wrestling Twitter and Twitter just in general, and the general populace that wasn't aware of Dennis Rodman even being involved in wrestling at all. 
you know, with, and especially with a huge stable group like uh, the NWO and uh, Hulk Hogan, huge superstar, you know, I mean, <laughs> what a life Dennis Rodman has led, you know, Madonna, Carmen Electra, Hulk Hogan, Michael Jordan, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And during a time when now we're in 2020 and you pretty much whatever your personality is, however you want to dress, however you want to identify, like all these different things are, are, are pretty much accepted everywhere you go. Like you could identify as a fighter jet is what one of the jokes or a helicopter. Uh, mm. And people will be like, okay, helicopter, whatever. Anyways. Uh, I wonder if anybody's ever going to address or if they addressed in that, in that uh, documentary. Um, he was kind of important in uh in the fact that he would dress flamboyantly um he was a straight man but you never knew what the actual story was behind closed doors what kind of shenanigans he got up to and so a lot of people back then you know he would wear wedding dresses and possibly cross dress and wear stuff publicly and wear makeup and um you know and he was one of the top stars in the nba and he was dating madonna so he became a pop culture icon of sorts i guess but oh yeah to be to, to, and that was that was over that was like 25 years ago it was a very and, taboo time for that yeah type of shit. yeah and for him to still have like i wonder what sort of actual culture Im- impact that he had like he started in a lot of respects he started some of those things to be like hey you know we see it out of rodman we think he's a weirdo in 1995 96 but now it's 2020 and things are just the way that our society has progressed is crazy. And he's one of those, like, he's he was a, a trendsetter. Yeah, a yeah, pioneer. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Yeah, so respect to him. I couldn't stand him back then. I think it was just because I thought he was ugly. And that's not fair. Yeah, it's pretty harsh, man. It's 2020. Yeah, get a, get a fucking grip. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely a pioneer in a lot for of sure. those areas. Like you said, um, his, uh, how would you say that word? Uh, he was very ambiguous. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um the tattoos you know there ain't a motherfucker in the nba or sports let alone you know that isn't covered head to toes in tattoo and back right. in the day that wasn't like you had Nobody shaq was all had, up. yeah shaq had like one tattoo or something yeah. rodman of like superman everywhere. yeah yeah right the s logo yeah, yeah um the hair the hair dye that just being yourself and making people question what is you know just making people think yeah. Um, and never explaining yourself. Yeah. He never was like, oh, I'm doing this as, you know, for this or that. He was just like, think whatever you want. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. He did what the fuck he wanted to do. And apparently at that time, he didn't want to go to fucking practice. He wanted to join the NWO. <laughs> I just, I loved it, dude. I couldn't get enough. It was so awesome. Like I said, to see Twitter um, blowing up with all these pictures of, uh, and everybody was jumping on, of course, WWE, because they own the video rights now and shit. And, like, oh, we'll check out these gifts of Rodman and Hogan together. And it's like fucking party. And it just looked like such a cool ass fucking time, man. Probably so was. like, and it's kind of, it's kind of heartbreaking to see that, uh, that documentary end, you know, that was, uh, whew, God damn, that brought back a lot of good fucking memories, man. It's yeah. especially in these times right now, we need all the good memories we can get, you know, yeah, yeah. who knows what tomorrow tomorrow may never come um just to relive the bulls championships dude and, and especially those last three in like you know the mid to late 90s with those cast of characters and they were you know with them being rock the rock stars they were and hanging out yeah. with you know wrestlers and 
models and you name it, dude, they, they were the fucking shit. And I think a lot of people, um, whether you're just a, as a fan, whether you were there like we were as far as, you know, Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland residents that lived through it or anywhere in the country throughout the world. Um, I think it really touched a lot of people and you got to see a lot of different sides of stuff. And like you were saying uh, with Dennis Rodman, I, I, they shined a little light on that, that, you know, he was kind of like that pioneer um, as far as the lifestyle and trend. He was a trendsetter, like you said, right. you know? And a monster of a basketball player. Monster. And that's that's the thing that I think, you know, back in the day, people would say he was good, but they didn't like what he did. You know, and they thought it was, you know, his off-court shenanigans. I get that, you know. But it, it's good to see him getting recognized for the fucking great player that he is, you know, and, well, was nowadays. Because it, it's amazing. And, and to have guys like Jordan – solidify that the greatest player of all time like he's, i think dennis is probably one of the best basketball minds i've ever played with you know like that's that says a fucking lot dude yeah um and and to see you know on the flip side of that coin michael you know god basically bl black jesus man to see him humanized as much as he was in this documentary yeah it's very cool man very awesome different uh side of jordan that nobody in the world was fucking used to seeing except for his family you know i don't think we've had this amount so now in the world of podcasts and extreme access to most celebrities like we have a crazy amount of access to people where there's a lot of podcasters that are famous or actors that got into it where you where if the person is like 100 episodes in to like a show you've had a hundred hours of that person's thoughts you've never had michael jordan was <clears throat> like one of the top celebrities and athletes back then, if not the top guy, you know, he, I mean, he made Nike. Nike's one of the strongest companies on earth right now. Um, but you never had this much, you never had 10 hours, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, tw what is it? 12 episodes? Uh, 10 it's episodes. 10, but it's probably something like six hours of solid footage of just him talking. You know, oh, just yeah. his perspective on things. And you didn't get that. If you did get it, it was that like bullshit, cookie cutter, bland, uh, white toast kind of answers. Like, I just want to play for my team and God. Uh, you know, I just watched Bull Durham last night. So I got all these like cheesy quotes in my <laughs> head. But uh, but yeah, it was that like everything he was supposed to say while being interviewed for like a playoff game or what I think he did an interview with Oprah years ago where he was a little he talked a little more, but it was never, not with this candidate. Have you ever heard Jordan say fuck? Well, you get to no. him say fuck in this. <laughs> yeah, it says, yeah. motherfucker, mother, motherfucker, fuck. Noise, yeah. noise, noise, <laughs> noise, noise. Do when dunks, all that shit. So, <laughs> when so the access, rings, who's got the bling? He got the bling. <laughs> so it was awesome, like, to see that. To the, and like I said, I watched the first two episodes, and that's, I think I don't, I'm waiting because I don't want to watch it because I know it's going to have to end. And I'll be like, it's, shit, dude, it, it's heartbreaking. Like I said, it sucks. That it ends. I, I hope that they put this out like on some sort of box set DVD thing. Cause it's Blu-ray, whatever. I, it's something I definitely want to own. I could easily go back and watch like any time just in reliving those fucking memories, man. It's, oh, I totally will. Oh, it's fucking great. Um, but the kind of transition into that, uh, to get into the wrestling side of things, documentary wise, uh, WWE has something that they're doing that's much akin to The Last Dance, hashtag The Last Ride, featuring The Undertaker. And I just finished Chapter 2. And it's it's a pretty cool documentary. And this is another um, 
it's weird because I think, you know, this Bulls thing has been around for a long time. I mean, they were talking about putting this out a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, so I don't know, you know, if, if the stars just aligned. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, WWE had to, you know, piggyback off the popularity. I mean, I think it's just good timing. Um, but The Undertaker, this goes back to like 2016, I think, WrestleMania, when he was, you know, he's one of those guys that he's such a legend, such an icon. But he's up there in age, you know, and he's he's had some matches where you can tell it's like, fuck, man, like you throw in the throw the damn towel yeah. or, you know, what do you do? And it's it's cool because this he's one of those characters that you never really got much from either. Like Michael Jordan, you know, even though he was in the public eye, his gimmick never really he was always in gimmick. He never broke kayfabe. He was always the dead man. You know, he wasn't right. really cutting interviews or. You know, you didn't see the behind-the-scenes shit with The Undertaker right. or, like, his family life and stuff. Um, so this has kind of really broke down the barriers with that. And, uh, you know, it's a story about him, the struggle of, like, I know I say every year, you know, could be the last one. But, I mean, he loves fucking doing it. And he, he likes doing it for the company, the business as a whole, and, uh, and Vince and himself. Um, so it kind of takes you – behind the scenes of with his struggle with, you know, like, all right, I put on a stinker of a match at this WrestleMania. I need to go back and redeem myself. And it, that from what I've seen in the first two episodes, that's kind of what it is. And him kind of questioning if he can still do it and do it at a acceptable level, because he doesn't want to be one of those guys. that's like, you know, a father and son tandem are sitting there. Like, you don't want the dad saying, Oh, well, you should have seen this guy 10, 15 years ago. Right. You know, it was tearing it up. <laughs> like, he wants to be more than that. And it's, that's tough, man. And you watch the shit that he goes through and like the do two hip replacements and all this shit. And he's a big dude. And you know, those, you're a tall guy. I mean, you know, fucking the way when you're that big, the weight that's on your knees and shit and your legs, dude, it's, and watching him move. And like, just, you could just yeah. tell the guy's in fucking pain. Yeah. Um, but he's going through all this stuff and the motions because it's something he's like passionate about. And he doesn't know what the fuck he's going to do other than enjoy family life, you know, yeah. or be Mark Calloway and not the fucking undertaker. You know, I think if this, so the world of K-Fabe is like, it's, it's different. It's, 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 it's been spun around on its head, but um, I still do think if he, if this documentary came out, then he does need to retire. And if you would have seen him like this year in WrestleMania was different because, you know, mm -hmm. it was cut footage and it was different. So it was cool. Right. Um, and then he didn't wrestle last year. Uh, Cause that was, I remember the old timers that wrestled. It was uh, Batista and triple H and I thought it was a good match. Like mm -hmm. I thought they had a great match for two guys, uh, you know, if the, are they both 50 or right there on the edge yeah. of 50? Yeah. Uh, I thought they had a fantastic match. Like they were very physical and beat the shit out of each other. And it's they, what it was. It was probably like 40 minutes long or something. The right. year before was the first WrestleMania I watched. This is three years ago. The first WrestleMania I watched in probably Fox since I was a little kid and Undertaker had a match and it was so long it was brutal like i was like why why is he still wrestling i understand if he was in it shape, him versus roman reigns um i actually i don't remember i just remember it was it took forever and he was like i was like is he hurt there was mm -hmm. a lot of him just sitting and resting there was a lot of resting there was a lot of inactivity uh with the crowd just like watching and not going nuts there wasn't any like heat or 
or, or pops or crowd buildup. It was just him. And it was like, he had even a hard time, like getting, like sitting up. And I was yeah. like, I hope this is the last time. Cause this is, if this is, if this is WWE product, this is brutal. Like that, that was brutal to watch. And I watched from that WrestleMania. I don't remember which watched, which uh, matches I actually liked. I think uh, Shane McMahon always, I think he always actually has a really good match. Um, yeah, he delivers. He, yeah, he really delivered. I, I remember that. Um, but yeah, now when I see Undertaker, I know his history. He's, he's a legend that is still wrestling. Like he's out, he's still wrestling all these guys that were his peers or, or that are like five, you know, five years, maybe older. Like he, he's not that much younger than uh, Hulk Hogan. I don't think I could be wrong. Um, I think he's in between like the rock and Hogan. I think he's, he's like mid fifties. Mid fifties. Yeah, I think so. And for what he does, I mean, shit, we saw Jerry Lauder wrestle like back in August, but he, uh, I mean, he knows his limitations. He talks more like yeah. Undertaker's a different dude. Like, yeah, there's a lot he still of, wants to go at a, yeah, he wants to, and he wants to go at a certain level and do some of the same shit, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's why he's had all these surgeries and shit. Yeah. And I think, you know, who knows what the point of this documentary may be, whether it's a leading point into, I, from what I understand, he's got like a 15 year contract with WWE. Now, whether that just entails merchandising or what, you know, in ring, I don't know what that really means, you know, 15 years. I mean, but the undertaker would be damn near in his seventies, by the head, you know, like, um, you know, I thought the boneyard match with AJ styles this year at WrestleMania was really well done. If they want to use him in a capacity like that now where it's, it's kind of cinematic. I think his character is great for that. You know, the undertaker, even if, you know, it was like the biker undertaker, whatever, you could still use the dead man undertaker and that sort of a uh, gimmick and it would go over well, you know, and it would be less wear and tear on him. Um, and maybe like once in a blue moon, him actually having the physical in ring, you know, traditional style match. Yeah. Um, but there's been a few stinkers, you know, uh, him and uh, Kane versus DX when they were out in Saudi Arabia, it was a fucking stinker back out in Saudi again with Goldberg fucking stinker. Um, the Roman Reigns mania match, it was a stinker. And, and that's what he says in these, uh, in this documentary, you know, he's really hard on himself about that Roman match, about not being able to deliver. He was like, I was fucking out of shape. I was fat, you know, like it's really cool to kind of see that though from him because he is such a locker room leader and an icon, but in a way it kind of reminds me of back in the day, um, being a WCW fan, however, you know, all fans, WWF fans would rip, well, it's just a bunch of fucking old guys and they're not letting people have their spot. And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily like that with Taker because he recognizes that, you know, and he even says in the documentary, he's like, if I can't go at this certain level, you know, you got to realize I'm taking a spot from somebody that is there all year that deserves it, you know, yes. so I, I need to, I need to bring it. Yes. And by, in that context, I think he should retire and step aside for somebody else to shine and if he i mean he could help them shine like he's one of the legends he's a badass um in certain given a certain type of match i think he could still do well but there's so many other awesome people that are part of wwe that if with the right storylines they could tell some badass stories for the new generation there's no 10 year old that's going to give a shit about the undertaker in 2020 (laughs) 
whatever right. whatever form of undertaker he is like a 10 year old is mm-hmm. not going to be like that whereas man imagine if you were 10 back when the undertaker was the undertaker scary um shit there was nothing like that that's yeah. why he's a legend um but oh, at yeah. some point everybody's got to step aside it sucks but at some point everybody's got and you could still be a legend you could still i mean do shit but yeah at some point you got to scoot did you, over did you just say you could still do shit do shit yeah <laughs> you gotta do, do shit gotta do it's shit tanky. <laughs> it's yeah. a good documentary though so it, it's, i want i do want to check that out it's on the network everybody that's got the network check it out it's uh he said it's called undertaker the last ride i don't know how many chapters or how long it's gonna be but they filmed a lot of this you know throughout the last several years so it, it's pretty cool and it'd be cool um, if it led to if it led to something where he just came out of nowhere and suddenly he's all jacked and on HGH and suddenly <laughs> super mean. super mobile from like Colombian blood spitting uh, therapies and comes back and just that would also be cool. I'm not gonna lie, that'd be awesome if he suddenly was like super athletic. Um, Jeez, but wishful thinking. Yeah, wishful thinking. Comes out looking like Sly. Yeah, it worked for him. It works for me. Right. Um, another thing that's not so much a documentary, uh, MLW, and I just watched this, they put out a series called Anthology, which is on their YouTube channel, and the first one was about L.A. Park. Um, it, they only had, like, two matches. One of them was, uh, I think, against uh, a luchador named The Shocker, which was it was a great match, and then the other was um, against Sabu, and it was a brutal-ass match, and our homie Bill Alfonso <laughs> got his ass handed to him in a – Backstage interview after the match. Don't do that, um, baby. Yeah, don't do that. Like, oh, Samu's going to come. We're going to get extreme. Next thing you know, Lepard just throw garbage cans at him. Fucking, damn, Bill, you got destroyed, son. Um, it's it's really cool. They kind of take a brief little history, you know, of L.A. Park, who he is, uh, where he gone, where he been. And uh, they give you these awesome matches, which are Probably too. And it's from, they have so much old school content. You know, MLW's been around. They were started in the early 2000s uh, before they kind of went on hiatus. So they've had a plethora of legendary talent come through there. Um, guys like CM Punk, uh, Terry Funk's been there, uh, a lot of the ECW crew. Um, and it's the other bonus you get to hear the original voice of MLW, which was the original voice of ECW, Joey Styles, a guy that I think. I would love to fucking hear somewhere on a major fucking, you know, promotion and whether it's impact MLW, I, I don't know what the hell he's even doing anymore, but it's good to hear his voice. And it's awesome. Cause it, he is, he's just a one man show. And Didn't they also sit- remix his voice to make it sound cleaner. Right. Is that what I heard? Did you, I don't know about difference? that. I just, I, I thought it sounded great. I mean, it yeah. was, it was good. Um, Dude, it's it was a solid ass fucking. It's like an hour long, solid ass program. You know, hit up MLW YouTube. Everybody out there watching and listening, it's fucking worth it. And the next one is going to be on Mance Warner. So that's your boy right there, the Mancer. <laughs> yeah, old Mancer. Old crack, Mancer. Crack a couple of light beers for him. I got the Mountain Dew. It's my real, real bad Mancer impression. All you <laughs> sons of bitches want to take on the Mancer. <laughs> Old Mancer will take on any takers. Fucking Undertakers. <laughs> Old Mancer whatever. bring you to the last. He'll be the last dancer. The last yeah. tiny dancer. <laughs> last tiny dancer, Old Mancer. So, uh, remember Rory Gulak, the creep? 
Yeah. Well, his brother, Drew Gulak, the not creep, actually solid wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> that was in WWE doing uh, – he was doing some solid work, a uh, good program with uh, Daniel Bryan, who was a part of the Intercontinental title tournament. Uh, just He lost, I think it was, this past Friday. And then next thing you know, his contract runs up and WWE doesn't renew it. So he gone, which is good for him because he does. I don't believe he has to wait 90 days. He can go fucking work anywhere he wants. And I've seen conflicting reports like he's technically he's not gone. Who fucking knows what's going to happen with him? But as of right now, from what I understand, Drew Gulak is a free man. What do you think that means? I don't Speculate. Know. Um, I think it means that they let him go, that they, you know, I mean, it's just another part of this whole fucking COVID deal with WWE and them cutting as much as they can financially. I want you to rampantly speculate about where he'll go, maybe what promotion he gets attached to, who he might have I matches with. Impact. I think he'd be a, a good fit really anywhere, but I think, uh, think Impact. Or we could see him in ROH, you know. It's hard to tell, though. I mean, really, it's who's got TV product right now you know that's there's not a lot of people doing a, a live tv product or even you know mlw's shit i don't know what they're gonna end up doing going forward as long as all this shit's going on i know uh they're getting towards the end of what they have taped well if so, the dynasty ever wants to do uh you know a reoccurring segments on uh juice pro wrestling podcast doors always open Just oh saying, yeah man. speaking of that uh richard holiday just re-signed with mlw <laughs> so shout out to our boy you can listen to him on episode 99.9999999999 nice yeah go back and check that shit out um speaking of promotions that are actually running this weekend aew has a pay-per-view coming up oh. double double or nothing 2020 how's God. it gonna go <laughs> how's it gonna be there's gonna be some there's gonna be like the the card the fight card the buy-in they're gonna have the buy-in which the i believe fight card is, is awesome mm-hmm. like the card the actual the matches that are gonna happen are awesome but it's it's a different world like what are they gonna do so it's yeah. probably gonna be super entertaining but i mean everything is different without an audience it is they're it's holding it in weird. vegas um the big news about that is uh, the TNT Championship, uh, Lance Archer ver- versus Cody. The winner is going to be presented the belt by Iron Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing for that. Iron I had, Mike I had Tyson. something, but I stopped myself. Let me present it. I need you guys both to present it. If either one of you turns the wrong way or ignores me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat your children. I'm gonna knock out your grandma. <laughs> Emma, wait, your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little too far. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. Tyson's going to be there. It's um, yeah. He's a huge wrestling fan. It's uh, There's rumor that he's getting back in the boxing shape for maybe an exhibition match, and now I'm hearing that Tyson Holyfield 3 is a possibility. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. I mean, it's, you know, whatever. Tyson looks like he's got his brains about him. When you watch him, I mean, he, oh, yeah. he was an aggressive, angry, scary fucker forever and a, a rich guy coming from nothing. And and his man, like his main boxing promoter ripped him off for years. He went to jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he's a man in his mid-50s. He's a pothead. He just seems like he's like he seems like he's 
he's got it together. Yeah, he, I mean, he lost the kid. He lost a baby. Um, mm. He's had some fucking hardcore tragedy in his life and hardships. And he came out like, I don't know, it might be the pot, but he came out and <laughs> like the way he talks, he talks with clarity. He talks with, like, he, he talks with life experience. He's really like, he's got his own podcast too. And yeah. Um, from a dude who gets made fun of all the time for his voice. Um, he's got a, a thriving and successful podcast, but physically he looks great. Holyfield looks awesome. But if you've listened to interviews, dude, that dude does not need to get hit in the head anymore, man. I don't know if you've watched any interviews with him. Like not all the set and not all, there's not all those brain connections there. Like the dude should not get hit anymore. Like it's a payday agree, that man. he does, but no, nah, dude, he should not be getting hit anymore. Yeah, he should be making video games. <laughs> yeah. Evander Holyfield's Real Deal Boxing 2, 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> Box. You ever play that I, shit on yeah. Sega Genesis? I do. So back when the Tyson Holyfield, when, when Tyson bit his ear, back then yeah. I remember watching that, and I wasn't, a, I wasn't a fan of either guy. Like I just thought they were both personalities in a way, especially Tyson. But, mm -hmm. dude, I was on Tyson's side the whole time. Oh, yeah. I was I mean, watching the matches. Well, everybody was against him because he bit he bit Holyfield's ear off. But I was like, that dude's like Holyfield kept headbutting him, right? And so I was on. I mean, I was in. I think I was seventeen or sixteen at the time, and I remember watching a pay per view and like flipping out. I was like, why is the ref not doing anything? He's headbutting him. He's headbutting him. Uh, and then Tyson took a chunk out of his ear. The the match stopped. They interviewed Tyson afterwards, and he was flipping out. And he had these like gashes and it could have been from punches. I didn't know shit about boxing back then, but dude, they look like they were like half inch, like cracks in his eyebrows. Oh yeah. From I've, those I've seen the fights. I've seen the fights. Oh, I mean, he God. was, he was frustrated, you know, no doubt that he was fucking getting head butted. I, yeah. I mean, I, I saint it. Yeah, so I, it I probably would have done the same fucking thing and bite both them fucking ears off. Oh man. But they've made up, they've kissed, they made up over the years, you know? Yeah. I think a lot so, of those guys that box each other, they do. Well, yeah, in boxing, not in other yeah, martial yeah, arts. Not, not in wrestling. No, not in wrestling. <laughs> We're keeping it kayfabe. Yeah, um, yeah I think uh, for all you out there that are wanting to order the pay-per-view, I think you can get it on Fight or your pay-per-view provider. Um, I heard it's a little more expensive than usual. That may or may not be true. I don't know. But uh, you got some good matches. You got, like I said, Cody versus Lance Archer with Tyson being involved presenting the championship and who knows he might get involved a little bit i think that'd be cool um cool. on the buy-in you got private party versus the best friends you got the world championship uh champion john moxley versus brody lee you got the casino ladder match which it's eight or i think it's nine participants and the ninth one they're not going to announce until the night the actual match takes place but uh you got darby allen in that you got luchasaurus kip sabian uh you got Frankie Kazarian, Phoenix, um, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, and Scorpio Sky. So a lot of those dudes all together in a fucking ladder match. Should be cool. That's going to that's gonna be fucking insane. And not only that, you got the uh, stadium stampede, where it's the elite versus the inner circle, where they basically have the whole fucking football stadium, I guess, to fight each other. I don't know if that's going to be in Jacksonville or because they they don't have shit out in Vegas, right? So maybe it'll be a tape fucking deal. I don't know. Maybe how that's fucking working out. However, it works if it's presented right. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking down, down yeah. the clown. People are going back um, and forth on whether or not WrestleMania was cool. 
in a regular setting, no, it was garbage. But in the context <laughs> of what they were trying to do and put a show out there and not break the tradition of WrestleMania, yeah, it was yeah. fine. It was, it was, yeah. it was. I was entertained. Shit. I was Speaking weak, of, that was sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say it was week two of the quarantine. Like everybody was desperate yeah. for something to watch, and they were like, "Fuck, yeah. man, somebody's putting out some entertainment." So let's watch this shit and be entertained. Like, forget about this shit for two nights for two hours. Well, this will be cool. This will be definitely, I'll be watching. It'll be definitely uh, interesting to see. I mean, as far as since this whole thing began, you know, WWE is the only one who's put on actual pay-per-views, you know, contrary to what the UFC wants you to believe, you know, (laughs) sports. They weren't the first sport to come back. Um, It's going to, it's a different product. It'll be a different environment. It's going to be fucking fun. You know, AEW always brings it. And I, I think out of like the no crowd shows, and I think Impact's kind of stepping it up now since they've been doing it, especially with yeah, the yeah. shit with uh, uh, Ethan Page, um, those goof matches and shit they've been doing. That's pretty funny. Um, AEW, man, sky's the limit with them. We'll see what they bring to the table. Yeah. In a, in a world where it's super tough to put on a show, a live show or like a wrestling product, I think they've been for the most part doing an awesome job. Like I've been every Wednesday when I do watch it, I'm like, Oh, that was fun. And the two hours just fly by every week. Yeah. And I'm, I know we're fanboys of them, but fuck, you know, it's fuck good. It. It's good. I enjoy yeah. it. I Something like else it. I enjoy. That's uh, also sadly ending season two this week is dark side of the ring with uh, the season finale being about Owen Hart and his tragic fall from grace. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really mean that to be funny. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't. But uh, yeah, that that's gonna be another good one to see. No one's really fucked with that story too much, you know, other than probably shit that's been written in magazines. I'm sure unofficial books and stuff like that. So a lot of this stuff, I think, is gonna come straight from the horse's mouth. You know, people that you know, family members, Owen's wife, uh, and stuff like that. It's gonna be definitely cool to see that. And next week, you know. Next week, when we come back on, we'll talk about that after we watch it. Yeah, I'm curious about that one, only because uh, with all the other stories they've done, there was there was background stuff that happened. Like, there was build-up. There was shady shit that was happening that people didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just a straight-up, like, tra- tragedy accident. Like, yeah. it was so, like everybody went out about their regular day like they did all the other times for all the other years, grinding the wrestling tours, all that stuff. And then... <laughs> probably the worst accident in wrestling history happened on that day to him. And like, how do you make a story out of that? Like, what do you do? Or do you just like highlight the fact that like these guys were, you know, these guys go and perform sometimes with some crazy feats and even the, the easiest spots can lead to tragedy. Maybe that's going to be the point of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious too. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm curious like George on that. So everybody tune in the vice (laughs) dark, Side of the ring. I'm going to be fucking itching for season three already. Ooh. They should, yeah, they should do a, a, like a, like a season, like a B-side season where it's all, <laughs> all the awful shit that happened in like the sixties. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like Cause that's when everybody shit. was an asshole. Everybody was ripping everybody off. Right? People were really fighting each other and getting stabbed and shit. Well, um, speaking of that, I'm kind of curious what everybody out there watching and listening thinks. So uh, leave your thoughts in the comments below, right down there, <laughs> about what you think season three should consist of. What stories, tales, and tribulations from the professional wrestling world 
would you like to see in season three? Let us know. Um, kind of moving on, or unless you were going to add, I was just going to. I was just going to plant the seed of controversy. Hulk Hogan is my in my Mount Rushmore. Hulk Hulk, Hulk Hogan. There you go. Is Hogan, you right in the center, Hulk. and he's got the biggest head. Um, Hulk Hogan is my top guy, but yeah. I wouldn't mind a dark side of the ring where we actually get to see just how selfish and greedy and how much of a liar Ooh. he actually is in in real life. Just some real fucking. Hey, this guy's a hustler, an opportunist, but also he helped people. To me, Hulk Hogan is human. That's yeah. to me, he's just human. So when somebody puts him up, up on a pedestal and then also says like shit, like how he was a dick, the dude to me is human. The most, one of the most successful wrestlers, if not the most successful wrestler ever, given certain you know criteria. But like as many people as shit on him that many people say I wouldn't have never had a career if it wasn't for him. He helped me out. He helped me this, he helped me that. So shit, man, you know that, but I wouldn't mind seeing one where they, you know, toss a little legit dirt, not, not a, what's it called? A cornet dirt. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. I think that would be a killer episode. Uh, Also Jim Cornette doors always open to the show. But also, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was nice, right? We came to play nice today. Um, got some fucking Retromania news. So they finally, they rounded out their launch roster with uh, a couple of guys you may know. Recently released from WWE, you got Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, a.k.a. Brian Myers and Matt Cor- Cardona. If I said that right, Cardona. I wasn't very That's familiar right. with Zack Ryder's real name because it never really gave too much of a shit about them but it's very cool that they're in this game i know those dudes uh they got their own wrestling figure podcast uh and and show on youtube and they go dude they're like obsessed with all this old school retro wrestling toys and just wrestling toys in general like those dudes spend shit ton of money on action figures and toys must be nice you know, you guys start fucking throwing us some money so I could do some ridiculous shit like that. I'll buy yeah. a bunch of toys and rub it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's cool that they've been added into the game. So now they have a full launch roster. Uh, pre-orders are, are up for it. PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and uh, Nintendo Switch. It's going to be coming out. So hopefully we can get Mike back on the show soon before it launches. Um We've been in talks. Uh, just got to get the right time, you know? And speaking of video games, I'm a huge fucking Mortal Kombat guy. Yeah, you So, were. oh, fuck yeah. Fight. Um, Fight. They, they announced Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, which is super cool because if you guys out there listening haven't played Mortal Kombat 11 yet, this, like, this will make it the ultimate Mortal Kombat game like ever released. Uh, they're bringing back stage fatalities. They're bringing back some classic stages like the pit stage, um, the acid pit stage. Uh, they're bringing back friendships. Friendship? Friendship. Friendship. <laughs> and some of them are so fucking awesome, dude. Um, not only that, you're going to get three DLC characters and an expansion on the story mode, which is a first for them. And you don't really see that in fighting games. Uh, you know, story mode DLC. So I- I'm pretty pumped to see how that plays out and out of the three guest characters you get uh, a returning fujin who was the brother of fucking raiden we haven't seen him since shit man i want to say it was like mortal kombat 4 is when he came in and i think deadly alliance might have been the last game he was in or armageddon 
it's probably Armageddon. Um, you get Shiva, who is essentially Lady Goro, and then my fucking what? favorite, <laughs> RoboCop, dude. <laughs> Dead or alive, you're coming with me. And it's fucking, <laughs> dude, it's Peter Weller doing his fucking voice. Yeah? Yeah, dude, and his shit looks awesome. I've seen some of his brutalities and fatalities. Oh, my God. There's a, there's a lot of treats in there for fans of that franchise, dude. And it's, it's so cool because in Mortal Kombat XL, they, they had Alien and Predator in the game, uh, along with, like, Jason and Leatherface, which is always awesome. Um, now in this one, you have RoboCop and Terminator. So it's, like, some cool, like, 90s, you know, dream crossovers and uh, comic franchises that they throw in the game, man. And I really – I love how they listen to the, the fan base, you know. And they're fans of that shit themselves. Like, when you think about it, maybe – for people who aren't familiar with the RoboCop character and that all they think about is like that shitty fucking reboot that they did. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't, I couldn't even, I never watched it, but I'm still going to call it shit because look at him. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was barely okay. I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. So sorry about your damn luck. Um, RoboCop was extremely violent. The original couple, first couple of RoboCop movies, really all of them, but, uh, extremely violent vulgar uh I, I think it fits perfect in the mortal Kombat universe you know and like yeah. some of the fatalities i've seen and shit and it's it's fucking badass dude like so good on you guys thank you nether realm thank you very much yeah. yeah yeah that was that was one of those like shockingly violent movies because that was before i started watching weird low budget horror and yeah. like robocop was those first it was one of the first ones you watch and you're like fuck every part of this is if they didn't do bullet holes like just a little hole with like a red spot they mm. did they did the cloth ripping like half of your shirt gets ripped when a bullet like <laughs> explodes out of your chest yeah. dude they used to shred clothing from bullet wounds and then there's a when the toxic i remember i watched it when i was a kid on vhs when there was that scene where the dude like just got covered in uh the toxic sludge yeah and he was like melting and he's like help me you're like fuck, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, She'll but fuck you, you know, yeah. So yeah, Paul Paul Verhoeven, he made that one. He went from that to making Showgirls, I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm erect. Why aren't you erect? <laughs> I was just talking about that the other day. <laughs> Show me your tits. <laughs> Show me your tits. <laughs> I'm erect. Why aren't you erect? <laughs> what a fucking movie! You know how you oh, go man. from Saved by the Bell to fucking Showgirls. I'll tell you how very easily. Mm. I mean, it's a bad movie. She was good looking in it. She's a good looking yeah. girl. Good looking. One lady. more thought here um, before we we kind of wind it down. Um, I, I was wondering this today that you know they announced all these people for the WWE Hall of Fame, and I know with all the shit going down, they never really had a. They couldn't do anything necessarily. Maybe because some of these cats are older. They don't want to risk some shit, and they might have been in quarantine. But I was kind of thinking it's kind of a shame that it's just you. nothing's happened with it. Like, yeah. think outside the box, you know? Like, yeah. put something together like a show yeah. like you did with the fucking Boneyard match and all that shit and honor these men and women that were supposed to go in, you know? Like, Davey Boy Smith, you had the NWO. Uh, maybe not JBL. I don't fucking care about him, but... uh. You know, it's it's kind of like what the fuck happened with the Hall of Fame? It's just like, all right, we we said their names and that's it. Like it's usually a big spectacle, man. Yeah. 
I mean, it could have been it could have been a great opportunity to to just like Dark Side of the Ring and these other documentaries to actually do like you got a whole team of like people that know how to put together like product packages like videos and stuff. Why not do like all the Hall of Famers? Why not do like a twenty minute thing on YouTube or the network on each one of yeah, those guys? Exactly, um, and like what we're doing right now, get their asses on Zoom or something if you know right. they're in fucking quarantine and have them you know, do their fucking acceptance speech or what have you. Shit, man, American Idol, I don't watch it, but I know that they they sent out, because this was happening during the middle of the show, and they still needed the performers and the contestants to, to perform and contest. <laughs> uh, they sent them, like, the whole recording gear, like all the mics, all the, like, yeah, oh, ring yeah. lighting and all that shit, and then they showed them how to set it up, but they could have done that with these guys, too, to get some badass mics in there and some awesome high-def cameras and just get on Zoom and be like, hey, you know, hall, hall of fame. Let's do interview with each one of these people. But yeah. I mean, I don't know who knows what they got in the works. I I'm just, I'm shocked with some of these promotions. Um, and I get a lot of them can't do it, but with some of these, like, especially WWE, maybe, maybe, maybe we poop on them too much, but this is a perfect time to think outside of the box. Like you're wrestling. You can be far fetched, far fetched. You can get crazy. Like, you could have done some like nutty, nutty stuff right now, especially like fiend type of stuff, like whole things would yeah. just get crazy. But I also think everybody keeps thinking like, how do we plan like four weeks ahead? Do everything yeah. like, how do we do a four week run on something? And they just decided we better not do it because this might, this, the world might open back up in a month. And then in a month they're like, well, it might open up in a month. And then in a month they're like, let's, let's maybe it'll open in a month. So it's like this thing, like should have done it three circle, months ago, man. dude. Yeah, you could have done. Right? You could have done some cool shit last month. Just been like, "Fuck it, we got thirty days to do some crazy shit." And if it doesn't work, we'll just ignore it. Like that guy who was like uh, Sub Zero gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, offense, because I would love to have him as a guest. <laughs> glacier. <laughs> yeah, Glacier. But yeah. you know, there's always been some gimmicks that didn't work. So do a couple storylines that don't work. Doesn't have to be fucking gold. Give it a try. Throw some fucking spaghetti at a wall. See what sticks. That's right. Speaking of sticking, y'all should stick your eyes and ears to uh, my buddy Sean Petrid Pyle has a new album out called Revel in Lunacy. It's available on Bandcamp. Uh, I believe it's going to be on iTunes if it's not already. I bought it on Bandcamp. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you could also check it out. It's being released through Severed Records. So, if you want to hit Severed Records up on their Bandcamp or their website. I think it's like Severed Store um, or store.severedrecords.com. Just fucking Google it, guys. Check it out. You guys are into the heavy shit like the Jeeps. He's a one-man fucking brutal-ass death metal machine. He's been doing this shit for a long time. He's world-traveled. So those of you out there listening that are into this and that know what I'm fucking talking about, you're already in the know. Those right. that don't, check it out because it's, it's Sean's fucking good, dude. He's good people. He's up there with Bodie. Um, in Racine, Wisconsin. What's up, Bodie? Getting up scene in Racine. Uh, everybody check that out. It's some new music, some new brutal shit. We're going to be coming at you next week with another new episode of fucking awesome, creative. Well, maybe not that creative, but we'll be fucking entertaining for you. None the fucking less. You can uh, check out my sweet background, Sretton's sweet background with the big horse cock behind his head. Oh. Horse cock. <laughs> Gotta love it. Thank you, everybody for fucking subscribing and interacting with us. Uh, thank you to Andre Corbiel for coming on last week. We had a lot of fun with him. Looking forward to doing more stuff with him and all of our future guests. So you guys, please 
Share with your fucking friends. We're on every podcast platform, whether you go on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, any of that shit. Find us there, Juice Pro Wrestling. And not only that, we have the JP Dub podcast where we interview people in entertainment outside of pro wrestling. You know, whether it be actors, musicians, fucking artists, whatever. We're going to be fucking talking to them and bringing them to you, their stories to you because you like that. And, you know, we're nice like that. <laughs> Danny, Tre- Danny Trejo, happy birthday. Doors always open. Come do an interview on the JP Dub. Yeah. Let's get fucking ugly and carve up some shit with my machetes. <laughs> machete in space. My mother gave me this machete. <laughs> I remember Nacho Libre. He's like, yeah. this is my mom's lucky machete or some shit like that. But yeah, seriously, thank you guys so much. Yep. I fucking, me and Sren really appreciate uh, all your guys' support um, and spreading the word. You know, jpdub.com is where it's at. We've, it's been fucking blowing up and I can't say thank you enough. Until next time, wet em up, wet em up, wet em up, wet em up. Oh my God, I was going to yell, but guess what? I'm not going to fucking do it. Oh, wait, that line. Oh my God, I'm so wet. Friend of the JP Dub and the JP Woo. I want you to check us out every fucking week. Because if you don't, I'm going to find you and I'm going to tickle you. <sighs> You gonna do sex to me?